0: really really fun except I was totally (laughs) my stepdad was so paranoid about the Y2K yes yeah it was terrible like we had to stay home that New Year's Welcome to another episode of the Little Decisions Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Cooper, and of course, I have lots of kindness, connection, community in store for you today, just like I do almost every week. Today's episode is appropriately titled, Capture the Moment, and I can't wait to explain what the heck that has to do with kindness. But first, let's start with some housekeeping. For housekeeping this week, I want to start by thanking Haley Davis for her suggestion that I speak with someone about inclusion and accessibility issues, and most importantly, solutions in the Athens area. Haley, you're absolutely right. This issue is important to our community, so I plan to do my best to get some information on that as soon as possible. Thank you for reaching out and for sharing your story with me. If you have suggestions you want to make, please reach out on social media platforms or email littledecisionspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, Haley, for your kindness. Also, included in the show notes today is a link to the 2021 Clark Oconee DFACS Angel Project Sponsor Registration Form. Thank you to Amanda Mooney for informing me about this wonderfully kind program. There are 300 kids between Clark and Oconee County that need to be paired with a sponsor and wrapped presents should be turned in by December 1st. Please, please, please use the link in the show notes if you would like to help support this wonderful cause. I hope you feel nice and clean, because that's housekeeping. For freestyle today, I want to look at the idea of capturing the moment and kindness, both as actions one can take. To do so, though, I need to explain how this episode came to be. I want to first thank today's guest, Matt Brewster, for his patience in waiting for this interview to even come out. We did this interview in person in September, and it's now November. So that tells you how long it's been, but I couldn't name this episode yet. And that's why it wasn't time for it to come out, I feel like. My episodes in November have an element of gratitude built into them. And this one coming out now, it just makes sense in perspective. But why did I struggle to name the episode in the first place? After all, Matt Brewster is a prolific photographer. So, capture the moment seems like a natural title for the episode. But it eluded me nonetheless. And I think it was that way because it hadn't yet been time for this episode to be released. There's a moment that is captured on film or from behind a lens or recorded in some way. But maybe just as important is when that print or image sound is released to the world. At least for podcasting, that feels right. So capture the moment and kindness are both actions that need to be purposeful and timely. That makes sense. I also know that to live a life of purposeful kindness, one must be present and aware of one's surroundings. What better way to do that than from behind a camera? I'll touch on this more in kindness and practice later in the episode. Up next, a new segment called Mental Wellness. I spend a great deal of time on social media and in my everyday life talking about mental health and wellness. Why? Because I've seen what not talking about it can do to people, and I believe it is kinder to talk about what is going on with us, even inside us. I believe it's okay to not be okay, and honestly, this week started with me very much not being okay. I was in a shame spiral, something that happens when high stress moments cause me to question my worth as a human being. I found myself drowning in shame and doubt because I'd made a simple mistake. I'd left a toilet running. No big deal, right? (laughs) I wish. In fact, when water was raining down into our basement from the floor above onto all my podcast work, it felt like a very big deal. I hate to break it to you, listener, but I'm human. So I make mistakes, like leaving a toilet running long enough to flood two floors and cause sheetrock to literally rain down on my loved ones. I'm still sorry about that, Micah. But the truth is, with a little bit of perspective and distance, I can actually laugh a little at the situation now. Does it mean that my hours of artwork is magically unsoiled? No. But it does mean I don't have to hate myself for being human and making an honest mistake. And you know, the more I tell that story, the funnier it gets. And while I did lose some work just days before I'm scheduled to be a vendor at Pride Fest here in Athens... Not everything was lost or ruined. In fact, a few irreplaceable items were magically unharmed, like my all-white director's chair and the giant box I used to transport my not-so-portable computer. So in truth, I can also be grateful for the homeowners crisis from earlier this week, for it taught me a great deal about my mental wellness right now. I plan to talk about mental health and wellness on this podcast and intend to even bring on some additional guests to help us all try to be okay with not always being okay. Up next, Bunny traditions. This new segment, Bunny traditions, is inspired by my mom. She always had funny, quirky traditions around the winter holidays, and I miss that very much. My sister and I were recently laughing at the fact that she would make a huge bag of salsa, yes, a bag of it, and then not eat any of it. The big bag of salsa would sit in our fridge for a week with my husband, maybe trying it once and then it would be unceremoniously thrown away. You never know how much you're going to miss doing something so simple, like throwing away week old salsa until you no longer have the opportunity to do it. But you know me, I like to turn sad into happy and grateful. So this segment was born. I'm trying to come up with new funny and quirky traditions of my own to pass on to my children. For this week, I want to talk about putting more pineapple into your Thanksgiving. Included in the show notes this week will be some fun Thanksgiving recipes that include pineapple as an ingredient. I found some for stuffing, sweet potatoes, and some other very interesting vegetable pairings with this delicious pineapple. I do hope you find one you might try this year for yourself. We can all use more funny family traditions. Up next in the news. For in the news this week, I wanted to discuss first a Mashed article recently published about how the pineapple once cost as much as $8,000 each. Not only did the article mention some new research from the Cleveland Clinic, where they have discovered that, quote, a pineapple contains a rich variety of nutrients and vitamins that may help promote weight loss, tissue healing, and is a great choice for post-workout recovery drinks and snacks. What was even more fascinating was the discussion of how popular the pineapple became after Columbus first landed in South America. Love of the fruit was so popular that, quote, even royalty had pineapple fever, with Catherine the Great and Prince Charles II having an affinity for those tropical fruits, per Royal Collection Trust. So coveted was the pineapple that one could actually rent the fruit, not to eat it, but instead to show it off at your dinner party to impress your guests. With how upscale you were end quote. "Can you imagine renting a pineapple today? I was recently reading a BuzzFeed article which discussed trending threads in Reddit, and a big one this past week was in reply to this seemingly simple question:: quote, "What do you miss about the '90s?" End quote: "Here are some of the top replies that will have you too, feeling the power of nostalgia." We didn't live online yet. The internet was in its infancy, and was a fun way to pass the time, but it hadn't consumed us. Business was still being done in brick-and-mortar stores. Our social lives were offline. Before we had mobile phones, my wife and I would plan to meet at a certain street corner after work. We sometimes had to wait for the other person to show up, but we knew they would. End quote. Quote, music, MTV, and listening to my huge five-disc CD changer boombox. End quote. What color was yours? Mine was silver and black with giant speakers. Quote, there was a period between the Cold War and the War on Terror when it seemed like there was hope for the world. End quote. Quote, My Super Nintendo being cutting-edge technology. End quote. Quote, 90s cartoons were so much better than they are today. Kids these days are like little grown-ups. They don't have childhood as we did back then. End quote. Quote, Honestly, the thing I miss the most, and the thing that is so hard to explain to modern kids, is hanging out. Before cell phones, people used to just go to each other's homes or to some public space and just spend time together. End quote. And that's in the news. This next segment is called A Different Perspective Revisited. Now I know it's not technically spooky season anymore, but I wanted to revisit our eight-legged friend the Joro spider after reading another article about the benefits of this golden-webbed friend that is taking over our porches and really any available space in our yards. While considered an invasive species, I appreciate that the article also pointed out several key benefits, including, quote, Joro spiders present us with excellent opportunities to suppress pests naturally, without chemicals. End quote. The article continued... Quote, this particular species of spiders helps eliminate local mosquitoes and other biting flies. The Juros are also one of the few spiders which catch and eat brown marmorated stink bugs. End quote. That alone, eating those pesky stink bugs makes the Juro spider a welcome addition to any porch or house front that I own. And probably most important, the article emphasizes, quote, these giant spiders don't really have the ability or desire to bite humans end quote. Don't worry, folks. With the cooling temperatures, these creatures will die off this month, but more will hatch again in the spring. Up next, Review Kindness. For Review Kindness this week, I found something new in the world of kindness, new to me anyway, and that is the kindness diaries on Discovery Plus. Quote, altruism is a natural thing, That's what one stranger said into the camera as the first episode began of The Kindness Diaries. And I must admit, I was excited to see where the show might take me. The premise is that an adventurer, Leon Logothetis, is trying to travel the world by the kindness of others. Meaning he has no money and literally no gas to start with. In return for random acts of kindness, the host, Leon, promised the viewer he would change the lives of some of those that helped him. Checking privilege at the door for a moment, I like the idea of this show. I wish kindness was less random and more automatic. But I don't mind a host being willing to check their ego at the door and humble themselves to strangers, to have an experience with people, to build a connection. As the first episode that I watched went on, I got to see Leon bring out the kindness in people. A rare but fun gift. The first episode takes him from LA all the way to Colorado. My favorite quote of the episode is when he's talking about a couple that extended great kindness to him, Willie and Cherry. He says, quote, human being can literally manufacture hope through acts, even the simplest acts of kindness, end quote. I highly recommend the Kindness Diaries on Discovery Plus if you want to see a journey around the world powered solely by human kindness. Up next, kindness and practice. For today's kindness and practice, I invited Matt Brewster of Marigold Solutions Photography. As a true local of Winterville and Athens, Matt and I discuss how these places have changed and what that might mean for the future. Please enjoy my interview with Matt Brewster of Marigold Solutions Photography in Athens, Georgia. Why Marigold in your company
1: name? (laughs) That's an easy one. Born and raised in Winterville, grew up going to the Marigold Festival. Everything around here is called Marigold, so when I came time to start my first it was a blog then it was a company it was marigold from the beginning just yeah. to honor my hometown
0: it's fa- it's fascinating the people i have met in winterville
1: yeah you get to do these interviews and then you see the whole world of the world in a whole new light like learning about trees and all that
0: what does winterville mean to you
1: winterville has just always been the hometown i've always had great memories of growing up in winterville it's always had a nice small town connection people make the mayberry the references all the time but i think there is some real truth to that and uh um, it was a different Winterville when I was a kid. It was older and it was um, it didn't really have as uh, much going on. It was more of a quiet town is what I'm saying. And then yeah. for a while, I think after I graduated from high school, the Marigold Festival just kind of died out because the volunteers had kind of moved on to where, I'm not saying it was a dying town, but it just really slowed down. Yeah. And then late 2000s and then with Dodd becoming the mayor after that, uh, uh, I think Eisenman brought the Marigold Festival back and yep. then Dodd came on board later on and during that phase you started seeing a whole new life come back in the winterville which was very refreshing arts music scene uh, of course firefly trail now it's been a great addition and now winterville seems to be like the place to be so we hit a restaurant down on the east side near southeast clark park called ant Bees. for a while that was was themed after her
0: i remember that you remember
1: that now yes
0: because that was here when i got here yeah yeah
1: i think back in the day it was called cooper's or something like that yeah that was before our time but like uh then aunt bee's was a country buffet
0: yeah i remember that now yeah Yeah. that is crazy i didn't realize that was after that (laughs) oh my gosh that's hilarious Look, comes full circle. I love Absolutely. that. But what was it like growing up in Winterville? And basically, you went to elementary school in the 90s mm-hmm. um, compared to now. I know you said it was kind of a different, it was an older generation, but yeah. it was just yeah. smaller town, a little bit quieter.
1: Yeah. I mean, you still had the Marigold Festival, which was a big event every year. And we'd run into 10K race. So that was in that morning. So those were always good memories. Um, <laughs> Oh, this is a story that my family likes to tell, and it's true back then. Uh, the Winterville Library, we had our little ID that just said, or my little ID that just said, Matt, and that's all it needed to get in. So you had the real small library, you had the museum. Um, I did Cub Scouts right down here, right below um, Pittard Park, uh, yeah. and I think that's still the Cub Scout uh, Lodge down there, or Boy Scouts, but I, I, think, I was in I, Cub Scouts. I
0: think it is, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it was everything small town that was great. I mean, my family has a construction company that's technically in Winterville off of Athena Road, Ingram construction company, and all my family was here, and it was just the uh, greatest little small town setting to grow up in.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, well, and it even has that feeling now, I think even with what it's got going on for it. Right. I think it does have that, what is it, it's the screen porch community? Is that what Dodd says? Tell me about your exhibit.
1: Clark County Library was kind enough to let me uh, set up. They invited me to do it. And big thanks and shout out to Van Burns for uh, his help on uh, getting it set up and kind of spearheading the whole thing. But the exhibit is majority of my Athens themed photos with a few exceptions, um, partly just new prints. Yeah, majority of the scenes uh, or the prints in that gallery include Winterville, Uh, a lot of the ones that uh, have been featured uh, in previous galleries and then Athens and then some of the new prints that I'm proud of are one is the UGA Fine Arts Building.
0: Yeah.
1: It's got a great mural right off of Baldwin Street and I did an updated photo of that this uh, spring that came out real well I think and then the Oglethorpe County Courthouse right down the road from here there is a sunset shot of the courthouse with uh, just lucky timing birds flying across and those are two, even though they weren't well, the Oglethorpe one was in Athens. I added it in, anyway, and then I got an Iron Horse shot down on. Oh, Highway
0: I saw 15. that one. Yeah, yeah, that one looks good. Like, that's a that's a nighttime shot
1: too, right? Since well, I this one to... is with the uh, sunflowers and UGA planted oh, sunflowers yeah. behind it in 2019.
0: So I remembered that. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Yeah.
1: So those are just a couple of the prints that. Uh, I'm highlighting. But yeah, the gallery is Athens themed. It features a lot of the things scenes that I grew up with. Um, Cedar Shoals, uh, Winterville, and then of course downtown Athens. A number of those shots were actually taken last year during the pandemic when nobody was really out in the evening in empty cars and streets. And so I had good views of the buildings. Yeah. So I got some of the 40 watt and some of the five points too I've added. It's
0: cool the work you do with drones. I, lo- I am like fascinated with stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's been a great feature to add especially for the real estate photography because that's been a big advantage for realtors to showcase their properties but major advantages with uh, doing my prints so or just general photography for fun and mm-hmm. you know i tell people that a lot of people think you have to take the drone all the way up 400 feet to get the shot but really you just take it a couple feet it's a completely new perspective yeah i mean just looking yeah. looking at the same object just a little bit higher so it's it's neat. really opens the doors for all types of creativity, uh, process, and doing things that are uh, uh, unique with uh, photography. I mean,
0: you get to take photos of great homes. Yeah.
1: That is really neat. <laughs> that's, uh, that's been a lot of fun. A lot of people, if you go on uh, the photography websites and uh, blogs, whatever you want to call them, a lot of people that want to get into the uh, high-end print photography and galleries they talk about doing the real estate photography to make ends meet meaning that's the line of income to do and that's true but i really actually enjoyed doing the real estate photography you get to yeah. see some really neat homes and like you're talking about with the having the person on here with the the arborist learning things about trees that you don't get to see. I'm kind of learning that about, uh, architecture, real estate world and house design. I mean, you pick up on things now you get to see these new trends and, um, um, home building that are uh, really interesting and interior design. That's just really, really fun to do. Yeah. So I've really enjoyed the real estate portion of the, uh, photography.
0: Yeah. I can, I mean, I think your excitement comes out in your work. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, think, I think you can always tell when someone enjoys their work, you know, because yeah. I think there's just that extra bit to it. Even
1: before real estate, and this is kind of where my photo journal started, mm-hmm. I just enjoy going to the surrounding counties and just learning about the small towns. Yeah. I always have just enjoyed seeing their way of life and seeing what's going on and mm-hmm. the happenings in real estate photography part's kind of way of doing that just meeting new people yeah and then seeing the areas that they're in it's it's been a blast
0: yeah thank you matt and everyone this week for your help and inspiration and everything in between as always pineapple with care